question that He takes us, I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And so you pray for us that the Lord would use us and help us. I have not always done everything that the Lord wanted me to do, but I sure do want to. And uh, the Lord knows my heart that I'm honest when I say that I want to. And if you if you uh, are dishonest about it, He's aware of that too. He, you're not fooling Him. You can fool some of the people all the time. Some people are just not that sharp. You can fool some people all the time. And you can fool all the people some of the time, but you can't ever fool God. And uh, the Lord knows. He knows whether the sincerity of your heart. He knows what's down the inside. And He knows who you are and where you stand. And uh, He knows when you try to do right and everything turns out wrong. He knows when everybody else thinks you're doing right and you're really doing wrong. And He knows when you're secretive about those things. God knows everything. And you're not getting anything by on Him. My great-grandmother used to testify, and she never testified without using the phrase that the Lord knows my heart. Usually it would be tied up somewhere or another when she was strangled in tears and weeping and crying and rejoicing and praising God. And she'd get to weeping out loud and couldn't say what she wanted to say. And she'd say, y'all, I'd like to tell every one of you about it. Said, I just wish I could tell you how it feels to know the Lord and how it is and what it's really like to have Him down in your heart. How wonderful it is for His presence to come by and fellowship with my soul. But I'm afraid I can't tell you about it. She'd raise that little trembling hand in there, but she'd say, but the Lord knows my heart. And she'd sit down and just weep out loud. Now I'm going to tell you, the Lord knows your heart this morning. He's aware of where we are, where you are. He knows. And I am grateful for that. So the Lord knows my heart. I do want to be obedient to Him in the message. If you found your place from Matthew chapter 11, if you are able and willing, I would invite you to stand with us. We'll reverence the reading of the Word of the Lord in Matthew 11 and beginning the reading in verse 28 and read down through the end of this chapter these three short verses. Powerful, familiar verses of the Word of God. The Word of the Lord says, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you. By the way, is there anybody in the building this morning could use some rest? I'm talking about some rest, buddy. I'm talking about I could use some rest. I could use some rest for my body. I'm tired this morning. I mean, I got up early and fixed all them eggs eggs and biscuits and gravy and all that stuff, and I'm tired this morning. Some of y'all in the kitchen patrol knows better than that, don't you? Enjoyed the meal, and I know some of y'all could use some rest this morning, but I'm going to tell you, in this old world of turmoil and trouble, in this world of pressure, it seems like every day the vice tightens down on us just a little more. The demands of life get just a little bit heavier every day. seems like my shoulders get a little tight, more tired. I grow a little more weary than what I was the day before. And I sure could use some rest. I could use some relief from the struggles of this old life. But I'm glad the day is coming when we're going to sit down beside of our Jesus. We're going to sit down and rest a little while. Hallelujah. Oh, we'll work till Jesus comes and then we'll be gathered home. Jesus said, if you'll come to me, all of you that are like that, if you'll come to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, verse 29. And learn of Me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For My yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing with us. Well, I read the Word of the Lord. I don't know how many times that I have used these verses as our text, and I even use these verses, a part of these verses, as a foundation to preach a series of messages on that come, come unto me, and uh, preaching that series of messages on Wednesday night, back maybe two years, maybe three years ago, something like that. And then, of course, we've used this passage of Scripture to preach about the rest that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Brother Eddie may be the best message he ever preached. Now, I don't know if he ever could preach a better message than that night preaching out of Hebrews chapter 4. Preaching again about that rest, that there remaineth yet a rest. Our rest today is in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we find it. In the Sabbath there was rest, and in the Savior there's rest. But I'm glad in that heavenly home that awaits for us, there remaineth yet a rest for the people of God. But I am interested this morning in this familiar passage of our Lord Jesus where He instructs us about the rest and the comfort that there is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're reminded that life with Christ Jesus is not a life without burdens. But He said His burden is life. It's not a life without troubles, but it is a life with a companion in your troubles. It's not a life without restraint or labor. He said, if you're laboring, come unto me. But He said, when you come to me, He said, I'm going to put a yoke on you. A yoke is what you put on a mule or an ox when you're wanting to plow. You're not going to get out of working just because you know the Lord. It's not going to be a life of Riley, life on easy street. But He said, when you come to me, it will not be a life without restraint or without labor. But it is a life with a partner that is in this yoke with us. Living for God and following Christ is not the easy life, but living without God is the hard life. Amen. I heard a man one night, he stood up in a church meeting, a revival meeting, and he had just misread a passage of Scripture, but he misread the passage of Scripture and built his whole message around his misreading of it. He read the passage of Scripture that talked about going down to East Street. E-A-S-T, East Street, as in the opposite of West. And he read it easy street. Now it's easy if you get the cataracts on your eyes or need to buy focus to misread something. But I'm going to tell you, if there's one thing to misread it, it's another thing to misread it. And then build your whole sermon around that misreading of it. And he said that I'm going to preach tonight on living on easy street. And he preached on living on easy street, but that ain't even the Bible. Easy Street don't exist in the Bible. I'll tell you something else. It does not exist in the life of the child of God either. None of us are going to live on Easy Street. My friend, living for God is not the life of Easy Street. It's not the life of Riley. But I'm going to tell you, friend, living without God is the hard life. Human beings were created for fellowship with God and anything short of what we were made for will leave us missing and essential element in our lives. You can go your own way today. You can live your own life. You can do what seems right unto the natural man. But if you 
do, you'll be living the hard life. And my friend, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And my friend, man has his own desires and his own ways, but it is not in a man that walketh to direct his steps. According to Jeremiah 10 and 23, and then what is it? Psalm 37, 24. 
26 and 6 said, And the Egyptians evilly entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. I'll tell you, the hard life is a life without conversion. It is a life of a transgressor. A life without conversion is a life of disobedience to the will of God. Second Peter 3 and 9 said that He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're living your life unsaved, and you know that you are unsaved, and you continue to live that life free enough, and ignore the will of God for your life, you're living in rebellion to the will of God, and you are transgressing the law and the way and the will of God. And if you continue to live in that direct transgression of God's Word, you'll live the hard life is what will happen. I remember when I was lost and undone, it was a hard life. It was hard for me to sleep. I never have been a heavy sleeper anyway, at least not since I was about 10 or 12 years old. When I was a little fella, I could sleep heavy. I mean, I'm telling you, I slept in such a way when I was a little fella, I didn't know the world was turning. And I and y'all find this hard to believe, I'm sure. And when I was a child, I was a little bit of an extremist. I know y'all find that hard to believe. And I've grown out of most of that. But when I was a child, I was a little bit of an extremist. I went wide open at everything that I did. And then when I got done would be when I was too tired to do it anymore and I'd just collapse. I'd be wide open and just fall flat sometimes. Right in the middle of something. Be out in the yard or playing and whatever else. Going wide open. Wouldn't stop so I couldn't go no more and just fall flat in the yard and go to sleep on the ground. I mean, be down to the basement and playing on something. Be wide open. Finally just get hit the wall. Fall asleep in the floor. I'd wake up sometimes the next morning in the bed. Sometimes wake up in the middle of the night laying in the basement. But I'm going to tell you, I'd just go wide open till I went out like a light. But there came a time in my life when I got a little older. 10, 12 years old. And I got to where that I realized I was lost and undone. And I got worried about whether or not I'd go to heaven. And I couldn't sleep at night. And I couldn't rest. I'd go to the bedroom like I was told to. But I'd sit there and look out the window and see the light. I'd sign up out of that municipal airport over there at Mount Sinai. And that beam was shining up in the sky. I'd bring those airplanes in from out of the sky. And I'd see that beam and it'd shine up on the right kind of a cloudy night. You could see the beam hitting the underside of them clouds. And instead of a light shining from the ground to the cloud, it looked like a light shining out of the cloud to the ground. I thought for sure it was Jesus parting the clouds. I knew it was coming back in the clouds. I thought for sure it was Jesus parting the clouds. He was coming back and I was not ready. And I tell you, it's a hard life. I'd stand there at the corner of the window and look up in the sky. I'd get word in the middle of the night and ease down the hall and try to listen to see if I could hear my daddy snoring in the bedroom. Because I knew my daddy was still there. Then Jesus hadn't come back because I knew my daddy was saying, if Jesus had come back, my daddy wouldn't have been there. And as soon as I could hear my daddy snoring, I knew the Lord hadn't come back. And I'd go back lay in the bed and cry myself to sleep. Worried I was going to die lost. Oh, praise His sweet name. I come in many a night now, hey. Coming in late somewhere from preaching. I'm coming in late somewhere from being on the road. And I see that light shining when I come down Lubbern Farm Road. I look over to my right.
can see that light shining up by the airport over at Mount Sinai and it hit those clouds. But I tell you, it doesn't strike fear in my heart anymore. Now I can say, even so, come Lord Jesus. I'm not living on easy street. But I tell you, I'm not living the hard life anymore. I tell you, the hard life is one without conversion in your life. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm saved this morning. Woo! Thank God for peace in my heart. Hallelujah. I can't, I can't lose everything else in life. I can lose my mind. And I can lose my health. And I can lose what little bit of money that I got in the bank. I can lose property. And I can lose land. And I can lose friends. Oh, but praise God. He put something inside of me. And the devil didn't give. And the world didn't give. And they cannot take away. Bless this name. I tell you, life without God is a hard life. It's the hard life, I tell you, you can find rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible said in Proverbs 13 and 15, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. That word transgressor means to act treacherously or deceitfully, to deal treacherously, to be dishonest. In other words, if you know you are lost and you continue to lie to yourself and to lie to others and to lie to God, you are a transgressor. If you know that you're not right with God, if you know there's things in your heart that ought not to be, and you continue to refuse God's Word and His conviction, and live your own way and do your own thing and try to be dishonest with yourself and dishonest with God, friend, you're a transgressor and you need to get it right. You're living the hard life. You're living the hard life. Amen. Oh my. Isaiah 57 and 20 said, But the wicked are like the troubled sea. And it says, When it cannot rest, the wicked can't find rest, friend, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. Many refuse to become a Christian because they say it's hard. Have they're turned off by phrases like, Take up thy cross. Deny thyself, take up thy cross and follow me. Have they're scared of persecution and affliction and the suffering that a Christian may have to endure. They would rather choose a life of fighting God than fighting the world. But I'm going to tell you, if you'll fight God, then you're living the hard life. And you've chosen the wrong fight. And you've chosen the wrong war, friend. If you've chosen to fight God, God is the only one wanting to help you. The devil will laugh at you a million years in hell and while you're burning the flames and God's the only thing you've got going for you He's the only one can save your soul He's the only one that will change your eternal destination don't fight the only true living Lord if you'll fight God you'll live a hard life you'll live a hard life in the book of Acts in chapter 9 Saul of Tarsus fought God he fought Jesus and he fought the church and he fought the Bible and matter of fact, he sought the authority to stamp him out. And he got the papers in his hand. He headed to Damascus seeking out all that were of this way. And to imprison the 
him or puts him to death. It made an example out of Stephen as they threw rocks at him till he died. Oh, but my friend, while he rode upon his high horse, and my friend God has struck him off of his high horse and brought him to his knees with a light that came from heaven. And whatever he did in verse number 5, Saul said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the priest. I saw your living the hard life. I'm going to tell you if you're here this morning lost without God and the devil's telling you, you better not listen to what that preacher says. You better not get saved. Why, if you were to go down there this morning and repent of your sins and turn your life over to God, you wouldn't even believe how hard life is going to be. I'm going to tell you something. There'll be some hard days. There'll be some hard times. I'm not some silver-tongued liar who's going to try to sell you something. But I'm telling you, Jesus told us right. My yoke is easy. My burden is life. You're living the hard life right now. You're rebelling against God. You're living the hard life now. If you'll get it right with God, you can have peace in your soul. It may not be well in your body. It may not be well in the bank account. And it may not be well, my friend, everything in this soul life brings on you. But it can be well in your soul. You can even stare at death and walk boldly. You don't have to be afraid. Thank God. If you continue living the way you're living, you're going to live and die the hard life. Now I'm going to tell you, it's hard enough to live the hard life. I wouldn't even want to imagine what it'd be like to die in that life. Amen. That's exactly right. Oh, it's a hard way to live without God. But I cannot imagine what a miserable way it'd be to die without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, may God have mercy on us. I wasn't too long ago I was at the hospital and listening to a family that I did not know. And while I was visiting somebody else and they kept carrying on about their loved one, he kept saying to get those blankets and stuff off his feet. The doctors had told him, said he don't have more than a day. Had 24, 48 hours or so left to live. And he said he kept telling him to get the blankets off of his feet. And his family gathered around him. None of them knew God. You could tell by the way they talked and the way they was acting, the way they was living and so forth and that thing. And they gathered around and they said to the doctor, said it's some sort of nerve medicine you've given him. I said it's making his feet just go wild. The nerves in his feet and so forth. The doctor said we haven't given him anything that'll affect his nerves. We can't explain why his feet are high. I said just take the blankets off, make them as comfortable as what he can. We're doing all we can do for him. I couldn't help but think to myself. I didn't know that man, but I couldn't help but think. Oh, how sad it would be to live the hard life in this old world and then to die that kind of death and not knowing if I was right with God. I tell you, it's a hard way to live living against God, but it's an awful way to die knowing hell waits on the other side. Living the hard life. It's a life without conversion. And then I want to tell you, living the hard life is a life without counsel. Amen. And there are those who do have hard heads and in make sore places. They refuse to take advantage of godly counsel. That's a sure way to live a hard life. As some dear saint of God's told you how to get near to God, how to walk with God, how to be obedient to God. You've heard the Sunday school lesson I was talking 
off this morning. You mustn't do enough preaching. You can tell everybody what I'm going to say before I say it. How you've sung the song so many times. You don't even have to pick up a red book hymnal in order to be able to sing about 150 or 200 out of those 410 pages. You just know them off the top of your head. And yet you've ignored the counsel of God. And you've ignored the counsel of godly people. Amen. How many are those who have darkened the doors of churches time and again? And yet when they leave this place, they go back to the bottle. They go back to the nasty words. They go back to the ugly magazines. They go back to the beer joints. And they go back, my friend, to buy the lottery tickets. They go back to their nakedness and their lewdness and their life of sin and lust. Somebody say amen this morning. And their life is a field of filth and nastiness and dirtiness and clutter. And then when they come in, buddy, they can put their fingers behind their lapels. They can stand and say victory in Jesus. But they don't have any victory. And they're living the hard life because they're living a life of a rebel. They're rolling down the road of a rambler. I'm not feeling they may be fooling the whole church. But you're not fooling God and you're not fooling yourself. And if you'd be honest with me this morning, and be honest with God, not honest with yourself, you just go ahead and fall on your face and say, God, it's me he's preaching about. And I need to get my heart right with God. And the way that I'm living is just too hard for me to continue. Your old mule-headed stubborn ways have got you chasing after sin and obeying the lust of the flesh and living in opposition to God. And if you are saved, you're smothering the spirit that's in you. And you wonder why when you do come to church, you're not getting anything out of it anymore. And you think, well, maybe our preacher's back sin. Maybe our choir director ain't good as what they used to be. And it looks like those musicians could do better when they play those instruments. I'm not getting anything out of my Sunday school lessons anymore. My brother, it is not the rest of the world. It's not the rest of the church. It is you. You're the one that needs help from God. And this is the kind of preacher that's been getting me in trouble for 27 years. Amen. But I tell you, it's the only thing that'll help us. If we quit playing the games and quit playing the and quit playing the church, and I've been putting on an act. Oh, God, help us. Hey, hey, hey. Let me see talked about this morning. Being like the hypocrite is. That means a performer. That literally means an actor. That means a person who is in the world of drama. Anybody know what that means? I'm talking about putting your mask on. Saying you are so full of drama. And I'm not just talking about what some people call drama. I'm talking about you are a play actor. You're pretending to be a Christian. You're pretending to be spirit-filled. You're pretending to believe the Bible. You're pretending to believe what we say. I'm preaching about truth that the church. You like to be associated. I'm not feeling the things that you know are right. But you don't want to live what you know is right. And you need to get your heart right with God. You are living the hard life. You're living the hard life. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's harder than what it's got to be. 
Right. If you go home this afternoon and clean out the refrigerator. Yes, sir. And if you clean out from between the cabinets yeah. and between all of the mattresses in the house. And if you just go ahead and delete all of the history and the bookmarks that's in your Internet Explorer. Amen. And if you take all the magazines and kick them out. And if you just go ahead and change the schedule. you want to do, but you can't get no satisfaction. Why did you need to spend $400? I don't know why you've got no rock and roll tickets this morning. I'm just preaching to you, so if the Holy Ghost put that on my heart, I just have to preach what the Holy Ghost put on my heart. Why did you need to spend $400? Oh, I can't wait till we get there to hear that old crazy demon-possessed rock group and get to that concert. Where somebody said, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Who in the world wants to be around with somebody smoking down the back? Why you're living a hard life 
is because you are a hypocrite. Amen. You're an actor. You're a liar. You've been preached to for the highs about to come off of you. I mean, you've been told the truth until you can preach it for me, but you continue to pretend and pretend and pretend. And every day you have to tell another fib to back up the last fib to cover up this fib. And every day is a lie and another lie. Oh, may the Lord help us this morning to get honest with God and with ourselves and come unto Him. Oh, you've been leaving or heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You're living your life without counsel. Living your life against the Word of God. Now, I love you this morning. If you don't believe that, stand up and I'll come hug you back. Because I do. I love you this morning. I love you more than what I can tell you. I love you too much to let you live like that without ever preaching again. I care too much about you being right with God. That's knowing what it is to have peace with God. That it just go along and never say anything about what's causing hardships in that heart. That burns me that I preach the post. A Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Who's trouble through life and want to do right and want to have the Spirit of God in your life. And you have to struggle every day and be in a time that's self-inflicted. Your family never calls. That you just not learn to accept counsel. And if you hear the message and heed the message, have me obedient to God this morning. And you can come to Jesus and He left the burden off of you. I tell you, living the life of a phony is a heavy burden. Always scared you're going to get found out. Always scared somebody's going to notice what it is you've been up to. Always scared that something's going to surface in your life. I tell you, that's tough. That's a hard way to live. You're living the hard life. I'm going to tell you something, John. If nobody else ever finds anybody out, God is already fully right. The whole church may never know. Nobody may ever know. But God knows. Your spouse may never know, but God knows. Your children may never know. Your parents may never know, but God knows. You can't fornicate and be an adulterer and my friend run around and God not be aware. You can't be a pervert and a, a liquor drinker and my friend a gambler and hide it from God. You can't be filled with lust and my friend jealousy and envy and hate and malice and hide that from God. Put the face on and hide it from everybody else. Amen. You may ignore the preaching of God's man, but I tell you, you can't fool the Lord. Amen. You can't fool the Lord. Amen. And you're living a hard life, and you don't have to. You don't have to live that hard life. The hard life is a life without counsel. You know what it makes me think about? It makes me think about Brother Randy, that prodigal son. I wonder how many times. Now listen, he's got a good daddy. He does. He's got a daddy that loved him enough to hang around and wait on him to come back home and love him when he did come back home. He's got a good daddy. There is not one negative thing in the Bible said about his daddy. I can't find any grounds to criticize the prodigal's father. I don't know about you, but I can't. If he's got a good daddy, and I believe he does, surely his daddy did like my daddy did. And what can I do to my children and set them down from time to time and said, now son, you don't know how good you've got it. You don't know how good things are here at home. I know sometimes you don't understand what I tell you to do, why I tell you to do it, why we live the way we do. I know sometimes you'd like for some things to be different. 
But I'm telling you, I'm trying to build a life that is best for you and your brother. And if you'll just trust me, and if you'll just do what I say, and if you'll just abide by the rules of the house, hey, you'll be glad that you did, and you'll be blessed because of it. But that boy would not listen to wise counsel. He would not listen to his daddy. In fact, he wished his daddy was dead. And he demanded that, Daddy, if you ain't going to die, just go ahead and give me your inheritance and let me get out of here now. And his father divided into him his living. And he departed into a far country. And he wasted his substance on riotous living. And my friend, when a famine came into that land, he began to be in want. And he found himself. And my friend, Joe, the citizen of a far country. And in the hog pen, my friend, he came to himself and realized, I'm living the hard life. I'm living the wrong way. Even the servants, the slaves back at daddy's house, and the laborers back at daddy's house have got it better than what I do. I'm a son in the hog pen. I'm living the hard life. I was a fool because I didn't listen to what daddy said. And he said, I know what I'll do. I'll arise and go to my father and I'll say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And he did and his father forgave him. I tell you, he realized that when he rebelled against the wise counsel that he was living the hard life. Some of you this morning rebelling against wise counsel. Some of you right now while I'm preaching, you know that I love you. And the devil can't even convince you. He convince you that you don't like what I'm preaching. But he can't convince you that I don't love you. But I'll tell you what he's trying to tell you all. What that preacher's preaching is wrong. If you'll do like I'm telling you to, you'll have fun. And if you don't, you're going to miss out. But I'm going to tell you the life, the hard life, is the life without counsel. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. You go that direction, though, it'll end thereof are the ways of death. Living the hard life. Amen. Y'all thought Matthew 11 and 28 was supposed to be sweet preaching. Amen. You're living the hard life. Not because Matthew 11 and 28 is not available to you, but because you've refused it. Because you won't come unto Him. Amen. It's a life without conversion. It's a life without counsel. I'm going to tell you, living the hard life is a life without compliance. Compliance. Most of us don't like the term compliance. Those of you who work in any professional field at all really don't like the term compliance. Nobody likes the compliance officer. I don't care what company you work for. It does not matter what type of corporate setting you're in. It doesn't matter to me if you are manufacturing dog food, my friend, or software, or if you are selling financial products. It does not matter if you are delivering concrete. Nobody likes the safety and compliance officer. Everybody hates to see OSA show up. Everybody hates for the compliance man to show up. Nobody likes the idea of being written up or being told what to do or being instructed how to do what they think they already know. It's because we are stubborn and strong-willed and mule-headed gifts, Brother John. 
Amen. I was waiting to see if he'd volunteer for himself. And mule-headed. And sat in our ways. And some of you ain't really old enough to be talked about like that, but it's already true about you. Amen. That's exactly right. And if God don't do something with you, all you're going to do is just get worse as time goes by. Get deeper and, uh, my friend, more and more stubborn and stiffer and stiff-necked. Amen. We all have a stubborn streak, a natural rebellion, a natural stiffness. Compliance is something we don't like. We don't want to get with a program. We want to set the agenda ourselves. How you see the term compliance is the act or state have according with or meeting rules or standards. That seems like so many things that they can live a life without compliance, but avoid trouble. The reason why that a compliance officer has such the rules that they said is because when you out operate outside of those compliance operations, you'll make trouble for yourself and for others that are around you. Amen. You'll put your own self in peril and put in peril the people who are around you. Amen. Logan gets out there and they start cutting down trees and them men's crazy. Yes, sir. To do that job, you've got to be crazy. But if you're going to work for him, you've got to be special crazy. Special kind of crazy. I mean, he's just... He's just Joshua times ten times the size. I mean, that's about all there is to He shows me a picture the other day. We're out there on the tailgate of his truck, and he's working on my working on my chainsaw. And I took it over. He uses the chainsaw every day. I figured for sure he's going to know how to fix it. I don't know how to fix it. I sell insurance. I don't. I don't run chainsaws. And so all I know how to do is crank it when it don't run. It makes me mad. And so the things tore up, and I take it over there to him. I said, he said, well, I don't know how to fix them. I just run. And I thought, man, I can do that. What do they pay you to do that job for? But he started tinkering with it and messing with it. You know what he did? He went to YouTube and watched a video, and then me and him fixed the thing. And so he didn't know how to fix it, but he knew the right place to go to figure it out. But when he was out there, he said, I'm going to tell you, said, these things are dangerous. He said, you always got to be careful. Follow the safety protocol. All that kind of stuff. He said, just a moment of not paying attention to what you're doing. And it can hurt you. Bad. He looked. He said, "Look here on my phone." He said, "This is one of my foremen." Am I telling that right? He said, "It's one of my foremen, one of the leaders of a crew." He's an experienced man. He's been doing this a long time. He knows all the safety protocol. He knows everything you ought to do. He could run one of these machines in his sleep. I said, "But look here." He fell down a hill. I nearly cut his head off. Chainsaw went through his face. I cut back in his eye. He was ripped open. Up from his hairline to his cheekbone. May not ever be able to see out of that eye again. That's a wonder it didn't cut his head off. That mouth fin fell down a hill with a running chainsaw. All because he missed a safety step that could have avoided all of that. How about feeling disengaged in that chain and moving the things out from under his feet before he's turned to walk? But because he broke protocol, because he broke compliance, because he failed to follow guidelines, have set forth for his own safety and the safety of others. He just nearly lost his life. You go ahead, friend. Live your life in rebellion. I said you miss it, God. But I'll tell you, maybe in danger in your own life. That's the life of somebody else around you. And things may get darker. That's more 
life without compliance. Oh, I like that preacher telling me all about what I ought not to do. Kicking those things out from under my feet before I walk. Disengage in that blade. Disengage in that chain. Just one of the clicks, all you got to do to disengage that chain and the engine will keep running. I mean, I know you don't want to have to crank it again, pull it about ten times, get a cramp in your shoulders, trying to get that thing to crank, begging and pleading with it to run. But all you got to do is just disengage that chain and you don't lose your eye. Is it not worth it to kick the junk out from under your feet to disengage the chain? Is it not worth it, child of God? Is it not worth it, church member? Is it not worth it? my friend how can you do right you're the one the pitfalls that lie ahead of you I pay the devil I need you alive I'm preaching to you this morning not because I want you to do things my way I don't know who does what I don't police anything it's just my job to preach the word of God to you and I'm telling you great compliance and God is aware and you live the whole life because of it how much better would it have been had David never sinned with Bathsheba? Yes, God forgave him. How much better would it have been if he had never done it? How much better would it have been had Peter never denied the Lord three times? How much better would it have been, my friend, had Jonah never turned and ran from God and go the opposite way? But instead he fought that he lived a hard life. All of those men on the boat with him, when the storm came, they rose trying to row the boat to shore, but the Bible said it was too hard for them. Some of you this morning, you're battling, you're fighting, and you say, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that. I don't do church people say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody here going to make you do nothing. But you can live your life against God if you want to. But if you do, there will be some time when it will be hard on you because of the choices you make. You'll make decisions that will cost you more than you ever planned on paying. A life without compliance. This ain't the kind of message makes folks want to run to Talapoos with both hands in the air shouting glory. I know that. And I'm going to tell you the reason why some of us have been able to continue to shout glory and continue to live for God and have not ended up shipwrecked somewhere on the side of life. The reason why some of us are still right with God and trying to live for Jesus. The reason why there's a handful of us still in the ministry today is because some preachers preach messages like this. And we thought we'd go the wrong direction when we thought we knew what we wanted to do in our lives. And then we listened to wise counsel and got it right with God and avoided some things that could have destroyed us. I think about how come so many times I have been to the brink of disaster. Oh, uh, I'm not sure how many opportunities there have been in my life. How many things should be very different than what they are? How likely it is that you could have a different pastor this morning and I might be shipwrecked somewhere or another and sitting on the side, highway side of life and wishing to God that I'd live my life differently and wishing to God that I'd not go that round and get the Lord rescued me from that. I'm not living the life on easy street, but I am living a good life and I'm not living a hard life.
shall not make of yourself. If you'd get some relief today, get out of the life of the transgressor. I'm finished preaching this morning, living the hard life. If you'd get some relief today, trust Jesus with your life. If you've never obeyed God in salvation, you need to get right with God and trust Jesus. If you're rebelling against God's purpose in your life, today is the time to get in life with His plan. Don't ignore this counsel this morning. Don't go down the road of a rebel. Don't live the hard life. While the Lord says, Come unto Me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to be real, real frank with you this morning like I hadn't already been. I don't know why in the world after this kind of preaching that the Lord would send that we would even need a verse of just as I am. I'm going to tell you, you know if the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. You know if the Holy Ghost is dealing with your spirit. You know if down inside of you God's put something on His finger on something in your life and said the man of God's preaching about you. He's preaching about your life. He's talking to your spirit. I tell you, we ought to just go ahead right away and just give up and come to Jesus. Just ask the Lord to do a work in our lives. Oh, don't live the hard life. Don't live the hard life. I beg you this morning, don't go your own way and hurt your own self. Don't destroy your family while you dabble in sin. Don't rebel against the Holy Spirit when you know you ought to be saved. Don't rebel against what God wants out of your life while you know you need to surrender. Young person, don't waste your life in sin when God wants to do something productive with you. Oh, would you come I'm doing business with the Lord. People all over the building are praying. Others are coming. Some still need to come this morning. Oh, how you need to pray. Everybody, would if you stand, please, with us. Some of you need this morning. When you stand up, don't wait a moment. When you're standing, while you're still moving, keep on moving. And just come and pray and do business with God. Oh, don't let the devil restrain you or hinder you or talk you out of serving God or surrendering to the Lord. Best thing that could ever happen to you. But maybe you to get saved. I'm saved person for you to surrender and be spirit filled. And to serve God today. Oh, quit living the hard life and living against God this morning. Oh, my Lord, would you come? Would you come? And cast yourself on the Lord. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Separate yourself from your sin, your selfish ways. And turn your life unto God this morning. She's going to sing for us when she gets ready here. And I want you to come. Folks are praying. You need to. You need to come join this group in the altar this morning. You need to come cast your care on the Lord. You need to pray when you come. You need to pray when you come. You need to pray when you come. Down in your heart, you know you're not living right. You're not living for God. If the Lord was to open up your heart for all of us to see this morning, you'd be ashamed for the church to know about it. Oh, but down on the inside, God already knows. Would you come? Would you be honest with yourself and honest with God?
this morning for God to send a message to your heart and for you to ignore the preaching and the counsel of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to do anything that I say. I'm not an authority. All I am is a voice. All I am is a voice. My friend, the mouthpiece is the Holy Ghost that's the authority. The Word of God is the authority. If you refuse the preaching, you're not refusing me. I don't have to take it personal because you're not refusing me. You're refusing the Lord. And He's real sensitive. Told not to quench Him, not to smother Him. Be obedient to God in your life. That's probably the thing you are to. Amen. My mom and my daddy and my brother and my sister and my neighbor and that other fellow down the road don't think it's wrong. If you're battling with it, you're probably going to have to give that up before you get any peace. I mean, if you're holding on to it and that's what's keeping you from coming to Jesus, you're probably going to have to give it up. It's like that little boy that wrestled day after day after day after day and couldn't get saved and kept coming to the altar. And finally, one day he came to the altar and he told the Lord, said, finally, up to the Lord, says, yes, Lord, you can have the pony too. He'd just got a pony for Christmas and he'd given willing to give everything else to God but the pony. But when he really got it right with God was when he was willing to give God the pony and everything. When you give it all to the Lord, God will use you and help you. You don't have to live the hard life when you give it all to Him. As long as you're holding something back for yourself, as long as what you're refusing complies, you're never going to get peace. But if you'll just get to peace with it, just go ahead and wear the hard hat. Put on the safety cable. Amen. Get in compliance. You'll be glad you did somewhere. You'll be glad you did. I won't ever forget working on bridges, working on that railroad bridge in Winston. There's a fellow is about 40 feet up in the air. Up above me was a bridge. I was down on the railroad track. There's a fellow up above me dropped a, a bolt about that big around, about that long, dropped it off of the beam on the bridge. It hit on top of that hard hat on my head. 16 years old, hit on top of that hard hat and then glanced off my shoulder on the ground. It hit my shoulder pretty hard. But if I hadn't had that hard hat on my head, it probably sunk that deep into my skull. I never did like wearing that hard hat. Made my head itch. I never minded my head itching again. I was so glad to have something on top of my head, protecting my head. I tell you, you can go through some things in life. If you'll get in compliance with God, you can go through, through some things in life where you might say, I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to do that and I didn't want to obey God. But then something will happen in your life and God will make you realize, hallelujah, I'm so glad I obeyed God. I'm so glad I did what God told me to do. Yes, it surely paid that I got in line with the Holy Ghost. I tell you, I'm not complaining about anything God ever asked me to do this morning. I'm just thankfully cares enough about me to tell me the right way to go. Yes, He'll put a yoke on you, but His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Don't want to live the hard life no more. I refuse to live one day as before. Give me an E flat. Let me see that. You. Mm-hmm.
used to be when I was sitting safe and secure somewhere grinning as the pleasures that he brought they turned on me and teardrops came like rain falling till I heard my Savior calling if you can't go on anymore just lean on me let me sing that and I won't Sunday school lessons right this morning. What can you do without Jesus? to the Lord this morning. You'd think a fellow with as much preaching to do as what I got to do in the next week and a half that would worry about trying to finish even the message up this morning. But the Lord helped us in that exhorting this morning. No sub-points. That ain't a sermon. That's just an exhortation. I appreciate the Lord helping us. I'm going to tell you, I'm glad I'm God's man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. I'm saved. Tonight at 6 o'clock we'll worship. Looking forward to the meeting. Hope you'll come. We'll pray at 15 till. And uh, everybody come be a part of the service tonight. And then Friday night, not Wednesday, but Friday night, everybody be with us 7.30 on Friday night. Tell you what, I'm watching those pine trees dance in the wind out there, and I'm soaked. I'm going to stay away from the back door this morning. Um, if you want to come up front and shake hands with the man of God, I'd encourage you to. I'd like you to. Some of you probably don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> I might ought to go to the back door this morning. But uh, you come up front and shake hands with the man of God. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're here. But I think I need to stay away from the door, so... Y'all forgive me for that, all right? Take some time to fellowship. You can be dismissed. Thank you for coming.